Hey there, it's Nick. A quick note before we start the show, this is a follow-up to our episode, Gotcha. I highly recommend listening to that one first before continuing here. You should be able to find it right next to this episode in your feed. Thanks. Previously on Love and Radio. Hey, Sarah. Uh, yeah? This has been a gotcha call. <laughs> she just had this voice. Hi, Amber. Sort of fell in love with this this young, cute 26-year-old. What's going on? They're like, well, your breast cancer. In the week before Sarah dies, she had sent an email to me introducing me to her best friend, Sarah Kelly. The memorial was pleasantly chaotic today. You know, I felt like we had this very easy kind of no bullshit, you know, chemistry. So I'm 100% coming to Australia. What would you do if you found out Sarah was actually Sarah and then just suddenly it was like this bomb went off inside me. Oh my god. When I found her on Facebook, all I can think is who the hell are you to just be sitting there? I would like to see her truly vulnerable and I would like control of getting the answers to the real story not the bullshit you're listening to love and radio I'm Nick Vanderkolk today's episode gotcha part two featuring Sarah I was just sitting on my bed and then a, an email popped through and it was from Sarah. What time is it there? Uh, 20 to 12, almost oh. midnight. No oh, different if it was someone that catfished you 10 years before than someone that you haven't seen that you went to school with. So how are you? You've had a rough week? Yeah, yeah, it was a pretty intense week. Well, it was a good week. Then I really, I can't remember exactly how we sort of got into about how we knew each other. I just want to know, like, what the the true honest motivation with you stepping forward and making contact with me now as opposed to, you know, a year ago, two years ago, five years ago, that kind of thing. One of the things I've uh, learned in the last ten years is that the past can't hurt me anymore oh. because it's there and I can't change the past. I can only move forward and acknowledge what happened as well as make amends. And a lot of people here, they, they think, oh, that's AA speak, amends just means you have to say you're sorry. But that's not true. Amends is you're actually amending your behavior. And for me to amend my behavior to, to do better and to, to be better and to you know, in a way, reaching out to you was me wanting to be like, I owe this person answers. But and but, I am I am more than willing to to have. That's why I said, you know, 
yeah, absolutely. We can we can chat and ask mm. all the questions you want. I think it's something not only that you deserve, but you know that I want to be able to provide answers to to unknown questions, even if it's for the rest of my life. I'm absolutely open to that. I really appreciate that. Let's rip this band-aid off. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. Okay. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hang on. How do I? Am I on? You are. Hello. All right. Amber, you look like there's a little bit of Vaseline was put over your camera, so everything looks sort of hazy, like. (laughs) Okay. Sorry. (laughs) <laughs> How are you, Sarah? I'm good. It was beautiful here. I'm a smoker, so I'm going to smoke. <laughs> so um, do you remember when you first came across Amber's radio show? What did you make of it? It was, it was like that. It was yeah. kind of like, a, hey, how are you? And then like, wah, wah, you know, it was something out of The Simpsons, pretty much, you know? Sound effects and the, hey, how are we doing now? (laughs) You know, and I was like, this is so fucking over the top. It's ridiculous. Did you think it was lame? Lame, but you know, when you find something so lame, you're like, that's just too funny. (laughs) Your name is Candy. You're a gentleman's dancer. You weren't listening for like, oh my God, this is so funny. I'm really enjoying myself. It's like, all right, let's watch this, listen to the car crash. Finish him. I don't think I'm far off, Amber. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no, it was Dickhead FM. Rabbit Amber and Cozzy on 107.1 SAFM. When did the idea first enter your mind that you would participate in some way? I just kind of did it for shits and giggles. It's just like, oh, well, you know, I'm bored and I thought, what the hell, why not? This is Colin from the Australian Immigration. And then when did you actually call in? What was that? Was what was that experience like? It was just, you know, I just played the game. First up, Sarah, how old are you? I am twenty-six years old. You know, it was like a bit of a tennis match. And your occupation? I played the. <laughs> I'm a yoga instructor. You know, unknowing. How would you rate Blaine's downstairs area? What? Airhead type of thing. Can you, not be, can you not be rude about that, Sarah? She was not... Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Stop. She was unknowing. <laughs> I'm very concerned the original Sarah, thank you. She's a very sweet girl. <laughs> well, thank you. So I guess, you know, just a basic question that has just plagued me for 10 years about all this is literally, you know, who was this girl and why, why did she do all of this back then? A lot of that stuff, you know, I I just genuinely don't remember or I'm blacked out from or I was at a horrible place in my life and I you know my drug use was at you know an all-time high I would start fights I would binge drink I would you know I loved cocaine oh my god I loved cocaine when I was in Halifax at a bar there we were on the patio upstairs and everything was fine everything was great 
And then this girl just looked at me and I don't know why, but I just snapped and everyone at the table was like, what the fuck's your problem? Cause I was mouthing off to her going, what's your problem? What are you looking at? You want to start something? Cause I'll fucking finish it. I called it a roller coaster, right. you know, cause that's, that's what my life was. And sometimes the, the mania. So like the high part of it, uh-huh. that could last, that could last an hour and that, or that could last, you know, weeks. Yeah. So the highs you're seeing clouds and everything is great and you're perfect and you know, there's nothing you can do that's wrong. And then the lows, you know, I am such a piece of shit. Why am I even alive? Who would even want to share the same oxygen with me? You know, that low, Uh you know, you can't even get out of bed. You, you seriously lay in bed and you're like, I don't know if I should get up and go to the bathroom or just sit here and lay in my own filth. So you decided to say that Sarah had stage four breast cancer. Yeah. What's going on? They're like, well, with your breast cancer. And I was like, oh, Sarah. I went, rabbit, that's not funny. (laughs) This is not time for a doctor. Did you choose that because you just thought that's going to be an uncomplicated, no one's going to ask me questions, that's, that we all know that that's potentially, it's game over. I, I don't know if I put that much thought into it. I had an appointment the next day, so I went in and I was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer. I just didn't uh, like it anymore. It wasn't, it wasn't giving me anything, and it was becoming kind of like a job type of thing. To wow, so I know that's horrible. And what's the long term prognosis for you, Sarah? Um, I actually so as 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 you know egocentric as it may sound like I was just like you need to leave me the fuck alone it kind of had to be like I had to kill her off so it could end sorry you're on mate. Okay, um I'll be happy to see April but then as my as my high started to happen you know a while later I'm like okay well here we go again I didn't want the attention to stop and then created a new character, which was the best friend. I know you don't know me, but if you feel like venting in an email, I'm here if you need it. I didn't know if that was going to work because I used the same name. <laughs> All the best, Sara. Well, it was spelt different. And I dropped an H. When you look at that story, it appears that you were devising that going, I'm going to get some money out of this. I'm going to get an explosion of sympathy that could result in money. No, that was not even on my radar. I would like to donate some of my Christmas money if I could. Oh, sweetie. Yeah. I'd like to, to donate $1,000. Oh, Elise, that is so generous. Well, it's um, oh. what goes around comes around. But, like, how how do you sit with the money that was taken from all those people and it was never... It's disgusting. It's disgusting. It's... Um, it's It was horrible and... Um, 
I can't do anything to take that back. Are you all right, Sarah? Yeah, it's just the it's like it's hurting. It's more of a you know, I manipulated so many people and I'm not saying this to excuse anything I did and I'm not saying because I have mental health issues that it makes anything I did okay and I'm it's not an excuse but I'm sitting here and like I'm hearing all this and I'm like god I was so fucking sick I was so fucking sick and you don't know it you don't know it you think that's just life I look at myself today and you know I sponsor women now <laughs> people come to me for, for life advice and how to live their life in a better way. And as I don't mean for this to sound self-serving or as uh, giving me a pass by anything, by any means, I can't keep beating myself up about it. You know, it, I did it. I am truly I am truly sorry that I allowed myself to do that. You know, regardless of mental health or this or that or alcoholism, you know, addiction, you know, those are just, those are things that were happening in my life, but that doesn't mean, that doesn't make it okay at all. Like, it doesn't make it okay. You know, what? I'm just going to take a second, okay? Oh, okay. <clears throat> Sorry about that. No, you're fine. What's that? Have another cigarette? Well, if you insist. <laughs> oh, fuck me. in the dream being all domestic and shit um so you got into recovery in 2011 i'm just trying to get the no timeline in, in, in 2010 what what was it that sort of made you realize that you that you needed to do that suicide <laughs> yeah it was, it was an attempted suicide i mean no was... several several attempts yeah yeah yeah, leaving food out for the dogs and yeah. Yeah. When I got back from Australia, I spiraled hard and ended up at Homewood Treatment Center and was there for um, addiction and also, uh, you know, mood disorders. 
Do, do you remember your first diagnosis? Like, how, how was it presented to you? You sit in a room with the, this team of doctors. They said, you know, we we find that you're you're bipolar, and this is what that means. And what does that mean, actually? I remember feeling um, sort of very offended and very. I'm not crazy. What the fuck is wrong with them? I was, I was only an alcoholic, and and so we had a meeting set for three days later. And during those three days, like I became obsessive. You know, going to the library to go online to look up bipolar and you know what it means and who else has bipolar and what is this and. You know, what else could, I tried to sort of diagnose myself because my ego was so big at that time. I was going to go online and find out what else I could possibly have and tell them what it was, you know, because I didn't want to accept that I had a mental illness. For me, being in the center of the hurricane, that was my world coming down, crashing. And I didn't want to be diagnosed with that. And I was reacting out of like some fear-based emotion. When you talk about so much of it was fear, what was it fear of? Um, fear of not being good enough, fear of not being liked. You know, what if I don't get a job? You know, am I going to be a lonely woman with 87 cats that kids are afraid to go to at Halloween? You know? Do you have a sense of where that fear developed initially? Growing up in social housing and, you know, being a product of my environment, I think really led to, you know, where, where I, I went to mentally. Um, you know, one of the street, the street that I grew up on is, is still one of the, the roughest places in Toronto today, but it's weird. I feel safer walking down that street by myself today than anywhere else in the world. But I think it's just because I, I grew up there. Like there's so many things you, for me, that I learned in recovery that, that were not normal. I remember when I spoke to my therapist one of the first times and I was like, you know, like that little closet that you hide in to hide away from everything, to to not get, you know, hit or shot, you know, like everyone. And she's like, no, not everyone has that. When I was a kid, you know, to avoid abuse or sexual assault, like babysitters used to, you know, sexual assault for me started when I was about four or five. And I just remember having this closet that was the way the apartment was. There was like a closet. You'd open the door and there was a closet. And then there was like a nook behind it for like, I don't know, shoes or whatever. And that used to be my spot that I used to hide. So even when you open up the closet quickly to look for someone, unless you look around that corner, you don't see it. And the, the, the abuse was coming from the sitters or? I remember there was the guy with the Elvis hair. And that was the main guy who did everything. I can't speak for anyone else. When it happens at such a young age, you just, that's your normal, right? 
I, I, I weirdly get the sense it's almost easier for you to talk about that period in your life than it is the whole Australian episode. Because that was my life. That was that was real life for me. That's that was my real life. There was no actively hurting someone. Yes, I made choices back then, but that wasn't of my own doing. Meanwhile, this this whole thing with Australia was all my own doing, all my own initiation. a story about how some morning radio DJs in Australia and Canada got pranked by either you or someone else named Sarah about 10 or 12 years ago. I, I guess it was Barry first uh, reached out to you. What was it like getting that message from story for Love and Radio. They're interested in people. Uh, it felt like a sucker punch. You know, there's some stories that you like, there's like those Lifetime movies or, you know, those documentaries you see of people who go on living their life after you know they started a new life you know and then their life catches up with them their past past catches up with them and i remember watching those moments even to this day i'm like oh i think think you have have the wrong wrong person your instinct at that moment is just make it go away yeah there wasn't there wasn't a piece of you that was like maybe if i just cop to this we can sort of move past it no Uh, could you tell me a little bit more about the, the the career you have now and the work you're doing now? What's your profession? What do you do? Uh, I do office administration at a health center. What does that mean? Paperwork, you know, billings, making sure people get paid. It sounds like you have access to a lot of personal information from people. Is that accurate? Yeah, yeah. Some people hearing that might be a little concerned. I can understand that. And what I can say to that is I am a very different person than I was back then. I don't want to like, I mean, obviously my, my main interest is in, you know, what, what happened in Australia, but I, I've been dying to ask you, does the name Kimberly mean anything to you? No. She posted to Facebook looking for you uh, with your picture, and she claims that she paid you $7,000 to write a bunch of like farming grants and then, and then disappeared. And she says she's been trying to get in touch with, with you. I know there was a man who got pissed off because I wrote some grants for him, but the grant didn't come through. If it's the the man's daughter, I can't remember her name because it was a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I dealt mainly with him. She claims that she never received any confirmation that the grants were even sent. Well, her dad did. Okay. Like, he was the one that signed everything. Like, okay. I can't deal with someone and hand over personal information to someone who I haven't spoken to, right? Who, who I'm not in business with. 
is this going into the show? I, I like I don't know what is going into the show and isn't at this point. I'm just trying to find out more information. Um, but the, well, the like the I can I can explain like why I why I bring it up, and and I bring it up because because in, in our conversations you you've you've painted this story of like you know the state of mind that you were in at the time and um and doing this thing you're you're totally copying to you know what what you did in Australia and then you know the the story is that you came home and very soon afterwards sort of got into recovery and moved past it quite quickly and then when there are these these incidents that that pop up you yeah. know it's it's, like, it's hard it's hard not to what do you mean hard by not to move past i'm sorry you said i moved past it quite quickly what does that mean that that's just the sense that that i've gotten from you in terms of like that it was like you came home from australia you you went into recovery for a couple of years so and that everything is, and then you've been like keeping your nose clean since then. Oh no, I've, I've made mistakes. I've told Amber about all that kind of stuff. Like, okay. So, so your, your view is like, like, this is just sort of bad luck. Is that your, your view or? I think the, the grant thing is just a shitty circumstance with, with someone who may not have explained everything to their family. Do you, like, do you feel like you could have handled it differently or did what did it uh no because i i didn't do anything wrong okay okay well that's the least fine fine i've ever heard <laughs> <laughs> Hey Sarah, um, so I know you are kind of on the fence about speaking with me today, so I basically just wanted to um, leave you a voicemail and let you know <clears throat> the, the things that I wanted to talk about with you and um, you can decide whether or not you wanted to respond to them. It's really two things. First of all, it's been kind of a while since we last spoke um, and I was just curious if, if there had been any updates on your end. Um, the other thing is that I just wanted to tie up a loose end. Um, the last conversation that we had, um, we talked a bit about Kimberly and where we had kind of left things is you had claimed that you could not communicate with Kim because the deal that you made was with her father. Now I communicated that with her and she said that's not at all true. Both she and her father were trying to get in touch with you. And right after we got off the phone, she forwarded me in a fairly short amount of time, a number of emails from her father's email address to you that um, had gone unanswered. Now, like I, 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 I wanna give everyone the benefit of the doubt, um, you know, given all of this information, it's difficult for me to conclude anything except that, that you haven't been honest with me um, about what went down with you and Kimberly. And what went on between you and her family, it's none of my business. But the reason that I think it's important is because if you're gonna be dishonest with me, 
then then it does become my business because I want to get at what what is the truth of what what happened between you and Amber. And if you can't even be honest about this, then it sort of throws into question everything else. And um, listen, I, I don't think that you're a bad person. I think that you clearly have instincts that can be quite harmful, um, not just to other people, but to yourself. And I, I wish I could end things on less of a sort of ambivalent note, but man, I just, I just wish you had been more upfront with me. And, that, and that's all I wanted to say. So, um, like I said, if you want to get back in touch with me, that's fine. If you want to leave things as they are, that's obviously your, your decision to make. Um, but you know how to reach me. All right, thanks. Sorry, this girl should not be doing hospital fucking admin where she has fucking access to every Joe Blow's details. I'm sorry. This is like, uh, I mean, to me, that's like fucking, you know, inviting a fucking alcoholic to a fucking winery. Like, do you know what I mean? So, so if you were to go down the list, what are the things that you do believe and what are the things that you don't believe? I do believe that she's trying to be a better person, but I don't believe that she is in charge of how that plays out. Sarah conveniently hasn't or genuinely doesn't have a lot of memory about the detail of this time, but I remember a lot of stuff. Like, I remember people crying. I remember people that shouldn't have been um, ripped off. I understand what it's like to, to, to be, to have mental health issues and to not be living a good life, to be your own worst enemy. So I have a lot of compassion for her for that because I think that is something that is still present in her life and will be something that she will always sort of have to deal with. I do also see, though, that there are areas where consciously and then un unconsciously she plays with the truth. What What is her truth? And I think it's sort of guided from this place of I'm a good person, but it doesn't make all of it real. Like, to be honest, like, I, I know there's all the detail that I, I thought that I really wanted to know, and maybe I did need to at least ask her those questions, but I never really got any... I never really got mm -hmm. any answers, um, which also, I guess, reminds me how much, you know, that I don't care. Nice. You know, like, that's the great thing. Like, I'm, I'm a completely different person now. And I, you know, and I do know that, you know, the likes of you, more recently, the journalist in Adelaide, I know they've been knocking on her little social doors, social media doors, and I know that, you know, this bitch isn't going away, is in her head. That's the starting point. Do I think that that has fairly quickly turned into a genuine concern for me? Yeah, I do. Because as I said, I think there is a good heart in there. Number one, I hope she uh, pats herself on the back for what she has done with this. But number two, I hope she acknowledges there was a whole lot of stuff that I withheld and I wasn't quite truthful. Okay, let's move forward and try and do the next bit of good work. 
for myself because she deserves to be more peaceful. She deserves to be more peaceful, you know? I mean, that is me, that is me being genuine. Um, you know, there'll always be the other side of me where, you know, you know, I can do the right thing, like just stop being full of shit, you know what I mean? So I, I, I you know, the, 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 that 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 final speech is very is very honest, but the other side of me just says, stop bullshitting and get on with it. Well, you know, I'm not a fuckwit anymore. So that's about it, really. Thank, thank God. Thank God it's over, really. Seriously, we need to have a party just about that. Yeah. When the episode's up, we need to have, even if it's like me having a couple of beers at 10 a.m., we gotta, we got to do that because just to know... No, like, but then Rabbit's going to get in touch and we're going to have to do a third one. <laughs> in, in Rabbit's eyes. Yes. Sarah, Rabbit, Sarah, Blaine, yeah. Corey... Yeah. And- That'll be the real twist. Blaine comes back in the end. He was real all along. And Blaine's a real person. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck, don't. Uh, you know what? I, I, I'm going to be busy that day. <laughs> I'm fucking done. I don't care. That's it for Love and Radio. On this episode, you heard the voices of Amber Petty and Sarah. It was produced by Nikki Stein and Phil Demahovsky. If you want to hear more about this and many other stories of Amber's life, check out her book, This Is Not a Love Song, which you can check out at amberpetty.com.au. This episode featured tracks from Solvent, Emily A. Sprague, and Tiziano Popoli. For more information about the music we feature on the show, stunning episode art and transcripts, please visit our website, loveandradio.org. Love and Radio is an independent project and made possible thanks to the support of our members on Patreon, with extra special thanks to Sandro Schroeder, Jason V, Jacqueline Leak, and Edging Candy Tuft. To help keep Love and Radio going strong, please consider becoming a member yourself at loveandradio.org slash donate. I'm Nicholas Sardine, Punch Punch Vanderkolk. Our final song is Just Automatic by Idiom Creek. Thanks for listening.
systems go down. 